Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Call 574-855-8588. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Brand new week, brand new show on this Monday, November the 27th of 2023. My name is Darren Pritchett. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Our first show since Thanksgiving, so hopefully everyone had a fun, enjoyable, and safe Thanksgiving with a lot of good fixings. Some good football games on Thanksgiving Day. The Lions getting knocked off by the Packers definitely caught everyone's attention that are fans of the National Football League. And, of course, on Saturday, the Fighting Irish football team Got it done at Stanford after a up-and-down start. They pulled away from the Cardinal 56-23 in the Fighting Irish in the regular season at 9-3. And, and as we always know, in particular now that we are in the transfer portal era, there is going to be news the week after the regular season ends. And that is the case today for the Fighting Irish as we found out three pieces of information already today. Number one, which we'll talk about off the top, Marcus Freeman, the head coach of the Fighting Irish, says he wants to retain his entire coaching staff, and that includes offensive coordinator Jared Parker. You will hear from Coach Freeman discuss those two topics coming up in just a couple of moments. Also, We just found out moments ago via social media, Fighting Irish wide receiver Chris Tyree has entered the transfer portal. Tyree, of course, started his Notre Dame career as a running back, moved to wide receiver this last offseason, continued to get better and better, making the adjustment to wide receiver. He actually finished as the leader in receiving yards for the Irish this year with 484 That was on 26 catches for 18.6 yards per catch and three touchdowns. 
but he has decided to be a graduate student transfer. He's got one year of eligibility remaining, so the hope was Chris Tyree would stick around one more year, as I think there's just a lot there to be unhatched in his talent at wide receiver, but it looks like if that's going to happen, it will be unhatched somewhere else. So Chris Tyree to the transfer portal. We also found out this afternoon that Nada Osafa Mensa, who had a really good ball game out at Stanford as a backup defensive lineman, a couple of tackle for losses. He's got two degrees in his back pocket from Notre Dame, so he has decided to use the portal to play his final year of college football. 48 total tackles for Osafa Mensa in his career with the Fighting Irish, and what a great story. Was a backup defensive lineman and got not one but two degrees from the University of Notre Dame. Nana, wonderful job. Good luck to you in your next stop in your college football career. So those are some of the things we're going to be talking about. We've got coming up at the bottom of the hour, my weekly conversation with the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Tyler Horka. He's still out in California, but he's going to join us to talk about all these headlines in just a couple of moments here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And I do want to mention that we do not have Monday Night Football tonight. We have to protect the Bears' home broadcast, which is on our sister station, Quality Rock 94.3 FM. So you can catch the Vikings and Bears on Quality Rock 94.3 FM tonight. Kickoff will be right around 8.15. But we do have the Wake Up the Echoes Notre Dame Athletic Department program that normally airs Tuesday at 7. It's on tonight at 7 because we have Notre Dame basketball and the ACC-SEC Challenge as the Irish will be at South Carolina tomorrow night at 7 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Okay, so let's begin with our news of the day. Yes, the Irish won 56-23. They took care of business eventually as we thought they would. They're a 9-3 football team. And in just a few days, we will find out where Notre Dame will play their bowl game. Probably the Pop-Tarts Bowl December 28th or the ReliaQuest Bowl, excuse me, on January 1st. That might be a matchup with Brian Kelly and LSU. More on that to come. But let's get to some pressing storylines. So many people that root for the Fighting Irish, those of us in the media, have been debating about what head coach Marcus Freeman should do with offensive coordinator Jared Parker. It has been an up-and-down season. The numbers at the end of the day look awfully sparkling, and the Notre Dame football PR department have been putting out some dazzling numbers today about the offense. But here's all you need to know. Let's put away the nice little shiny stats that are deceiving. In the wins, the Irish averaged 47.4 points per game. In the losses, 19 You could even throw in the Duke game where you had, what, 14 points going into that final drive? 13 points? Ended up with 21. It was not graceful. 
the offense in the three losses and the Duke game this year. Let's be honest, against the best competition, the opposing defense has won. And that is not a trend that makes you feel overly comfortable, especially with what we all have called a first-time offensive coordinator trying to fix these problems. Now, I've been pretty honest with my opinion on Tyler Horka's Blue and Gold live YouTube show that we've done all year. Over the last month, I've had this statement on weekday sports beat. I said it again on game day Saturday. I just felt like that Marcus Freeman was going to stick with Jared Parker. He believes in what he is doing. Are there adjustments that have to be made? Absolutely. But I felt like it was going to take someone above Marcus Freeman to suggest or try to push him, sway him into going in a different direction. Obviously, that did not happen as today Coach Freeman was asked to offer his thoughts as we come out of the end of the regular season. People get offered better opportunities. Some coaches get dismissed. Whatever the case may be, was Coach Freeman expecting to see some movement on his coaching staff going into next year? And this is what Marcus Freeman had to say earlier today. If it's up to me, as I just told the coaching staff in our staff meeting, um, I have a, a strong belief in the coaches that we have in this football program and, and would love all of them to be back. There's, there's obviously places that we have to improve on all three phases and um, the coaches understand that and uh, they definitely are up for the challenge but um, the thing I've learned in this short time as, as head coach is that consistency is so important um, you know I looked at where we were last year defensively at the end of the season to where we are now um, yes the personnel continues to improve but the the consistency in what we're doing um, the consistency in our coaching staff I think truly impacts the performance and um, that's why we've been able to improve so much on the defense side of the ball and, and as I look at as our offensive side of the ball you know this is the first year for this group to be together and um, I've seen a lot of bright spots in, in places that we have to improve and uh you know, the biggest thing is I told Coach Parker and the staff is that, you know, we have to improve our performance, especially those big games versus good defenses, because um, those are the type of teams that we have to find a way to beat if we want to be a championship program. And so um, but I believe that that we have the coaches that um, will help continuously move this performance forward and um, enhance what we do so that we do find a way to win those big games. And so um I think back to my first year as a coordinator and our, our staff, we, we had a great staff and, and I think we finished it when I was at Cincinnati, 90-something in the country. And thank God Coach Fickle didn't make a change, you know, in that he gave me and the staff the ability to work through um, some of the deficiencies that we had and we were able to prove. And so um, that's the same thing I've just reiterated to our coach staff is that I believe the number one thing is the consistency in terms of what we're doing so that our players can continue to um, play at a high level, play fast, and, uh, um, you know, be able to enhance as we move forward. Okay, so that was Marcus Freeman's complete answer on his hope that the entire coaching staff returns. Now, will that happen? We will find out in the coming weeks. We saw last year 
members of this current coaching staff be offered some good opportunities. In some cases, great opportunities. But they stayed here. Will they stay this time around? Is there someone that's ready to be a defensive coordinator? Is there someone on the staff that could become a head coach for the first time or become a head coach again? Someone could be headed to the National Football League. But we found out today Marcus Freeman is not going to make any changes to the staff by his own accord. As you heard him say, he has a strong belief in this coaching staff, and he believes staff consistency will lead to bigger and better things for this football team. He referenced the defense last year under first-year defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, Al Golden, and how they took their play from last year and took it to an extremely different level this year. An elite defense. It was a playoff-caliber defense that Al Golden put together. I want to be very fair. I'm not picking, but to use that analogy, Al Golden has a lot of defensive coordinator experience. On the offensive side, very minimal. So I think there was a lot of coaching experience that also helped take this defense to the next level. Let's hope that happens on the offensive side next year. I know there's a lot of Irish fans that are disappointed that a change was not made. Let's take a deep breath. I think we will see in the coming weeks if members of Parker's offensive coaching staff are going to stick around. Will they get better opportunities? Will they just move on? We'll see how this all plays out. We got to believe in what Marcus is seeing. He's behind the scenes. He goes into that offensive coaching room. He sees what they're trying to accomplish. I think he knows deep down in the big games, things have to be done at a much higher rate of efficiency in game planning, strategy, play calling, in-game adjustments in order to be more successful in the biggest games. Again, 19.5 points per game in losses, 47 points per game in wins. So let's don't forget the defense and special teams helped that 47 number as well. And Marcus did mention Luke Fickle at Cincinnati did not make a change with Marcus after his defense was 94th in the country his first year. He stuck with Marcus, and it paid off. Cincinnati had Sauce Gardner. Notre Dame had Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart. Those are two pretty good places to start in those respective defenses. Now, Coach Parker, I'm sorry, Coach Freeman today was asked specifically about Coach Parker and the numbers that I gave you. This isn't a small gap we're talking about in points per game and wins and losses. This is the Grand Canyon. 47 points and wins, 19 points and losses. That's a lot to come back from and build on. But Coach Freeman was given the opportunity to offer Kind of his debate back towards sticking with Jared Parker and this Fighting Irish coaching staff. I think, you know, our entire offensive staff and Coach Parker have um, done a good job of continuously trying to find ways to improve, right? And, and um, sometimes it takes uh, setbacks to figure out what we need to do to improve moving forward. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed more than anything is if you evaluate the first 12 games is that 
um, we have to continuously find a way to perform better um, when we're playing better defenses. And they understand that and they embrace that challenge. And, and um, you know, we'll continuously work tirelessly to figure out a way to continue to have a better performance when we um, face really good defenses. And uh, But, uh, again, I don't want to put a, a one word or one phrase sentence on um how I feel about the job they've done. I, again, I am, uh, I have a lot of confidence in that offensive staff and, uh, but I understand the expectations of a Notre Dame football program, right? Is that no matter who you're playing, that you, you put a performance that's worthy of winning, um, on the field on Saturdays. And so, um, we will, we'll figure out what we have to do to make sure, um, that our performances continuously improve. Um, we will never be, I will never be okay with being status quo, with being um, average. Um, I, I want to be the best. And uh, I believe we have a staff that uh, has the same mentality. And we now have to continue to find ways to make sure um, when we play in these games that we do have an output that is the best. We've heard Marcus continue to say, including in those comments, we got to find ways to get better. We have to find ways to get better. So what needs to happen in order for you to get better specifically. And he was asked about the ups and downs of the offense this year. The first sentence, you cringe a little bit, then he gets into answering the question a little deeper. You know, I don't have the, the exact answer um, for in those games why we didn't, you know, have the yardage and points that, that we obviously average in the other games. Other than the obvious, right, that, that you know, better defenses are going to challenge you uh, more to – to find ways to move the ball and score points. Um, is there things with personnel that we can enhance? You know, I, I don't ever want to make an excuse in terms of personnel. I, I believe we have great personnel. We'll continue to um, improve our personnel um, as we continue to move forward. And, and, and schematically, like, is it something that they did differently against us that we didn't expect? Um, you know, and, and, you know, the ability to, to make to create change-ups, um, you know, I'll take a deep dive into just those three, four games that, that um, we didn't perform um, to the level that we needed to, to to look for cause and effect. You know, I think the biggest thing, as I really studied the last two away games between Louisville and Clemson, was, you know, how we started the game. You know, we didn't start the game um, the way we needed to on either phase, right, offense and defense. Um, but there's also things schematically that, that we know that their defense is presented that we didn't do a great job of, of um, putting them in conflict, right? And so that's the, the best answer I can give you right now, Pete, is I look at just, you know, the the to 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 totality of the season. Um, that's, that's the best answer I can give you. Um, but hopefully as I get a little bit more time as we're not preparing for just one opponent, I'll be able to really dive deep into those three, four games and say, okay, hey, here's what this defense did to us that we have to make sure we have an answer for. There are things that can be added to this list I'm going to give you, but you could argue the two biggest decisions, again, as of right now, for head coach Marcus Freeman, number two is picking the right quarterback in the transfer portal to be your fourth scholarship quarterback and maybe your starting quarterback. We just saw Will Howard from Kansas State. He just entered 
the transfer portal. That is an intriguing name. But that's number two. And number one was making this decision on offensive coordinator. As I stated a couple of weeks ago, you just don't want to have this feeling like you had after the Clemson game or the Louisville game that everything in the game planning, play calling, in-game adjustment categories did not end up being what you needed in those games, and you can't have it this discussion after game one against Texas A&M next year. Down in College Station, this is a massive decision that affects Marcus's future here in South Bend, possibly. We got to give him the respect that behind closed doors, he sees what's going on, and he obviously sees something that we do not see from the outside looking in. A lot of things frustrate the fan base. I get it. But you just don't want to have these same questions that the media has to ask this year after these frustrating games, again after the Texas A&M game. You've got a bigger margin for error next year since you got a 12-team playoff. You probably have to beat Texas A&M on the road or Florida State at home to have a shot to get to that playoff. You lose both. You look at the rest of the schedule and how it could be on the weaker side. Things change. Sometimes we sit here and say, oh, this schedule is going to be easier. This schedule is going to be hard, and it ends up being just the opposite. But as we sit here today, there's a lot of very winnable games between A&M and Florida State. you got to win one of those. You lose both, then it gets a little more tricky. One more soundbite I want to play for you. And this came from Marcus's Zoom call again earlier today. There was an internet rumor, I think the media guys from Arkansas, I've honestly never heard of this guy. And he had a social media report that there were a lot of schools around the country that were interested or have contacted UNLV about their offensive coordinator, Brennan Marion. I honestly have never heard of him. UNLV had a really good year this year. Remember how bad they were last year against Notre Dame? Well, they're actually playing for a conference championship this week. So there was a rumor that Notre Dame had reached out or contacted Marion about the Irish offensive coordinator job, and Marcus Freeman was asked to comment on that report. Here's what he had to say. No clue who that is. Can you? I, I don't know who that is. That's the UNLV offensive coordinator. Oh, no, there's no truth to that. Um, not from from myself or anyone. Yeah. I think football program. No, there's no truth to that. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I didn't either, Marcus. To be honest with you, so we can all obviously shoot down any thought of that happening because Jared Parker is your offensive coordinator for 2024. Who will the quarterback be that he'll be working with? A lot of things will transpire over the next month. We'll take a timeout. When we return, some of these storylines and more, we'll talk to Tyler Hork about the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at wsbtradio.com, the WSBT radio app, and a live video feed on the Twitch app.
Louisiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. It is a victory Monday here in South Bend after the Fighting Irish got by Stanford 56-23. I never thought I'd have to watch a Notre Dame football game live on YouTube.com, but it was streamed there. I did not end up having the Pac-12 network, so every once in a while a commercial would pop up and you'd miss some action, but (laughs) that's where we are today, streaming sports, I guess, right now. All right, Darren Pritchett back with you on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat at 535. It's time for my weekly visit with Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He covered the game out in Palo Alto. He is still out in California enjoying, well, hopefully a little quiet time with a little work mixed in as well. Tyler, good to be with you. How are you? Yeah, no such thing as quiet time, especially this time of year, as we just saw within the last hour. Chris Tyree is one of the transfer portal, second Notre Dame player to do so. So, yeah, I'm with family. I'm actually with my grandpa right now, but um, no quiet time, Darren. It's transfer portal season. Let's start with the recent news that you just talked about. Within the hour, Chris Tyree went to social media and announced he's going to the portal. He's got one year of eligibility remaining And Tyler, in his first year as a wide receiver, 26 catches, a team best, 484 yards, 18.6 yards per catch. That's a whopping number with three receiving touchdowns. I know there's a lot of bodies at the slot wide receiver position, including Chris Tyree. You've got a a good-looking young freshman coming in as well that probably is going to join that mix. But how do you – offer some thoughts on the loss of Tyree and what it could mean to this Notre Dame offense after I think he grew a lot in this first year as a wide receiver. Yeah, the best way that I can put it is if you lost Chris Tyree to the NFL draft because you thought that that was, you know, if, if he thought that was his best path forward to continue playing football, then you live with that. You live with that anytime someone decides to go to the NFL draft. If Audrick estimate makes that same determination, then you live with that. But the fact that it seems like he wants to go to a different college football program and continue to hone his wide receiver skills somewhere else, that bites because of all the statistics you just laid out. I think he could have improved upon those. He probably will improve upon those somewhere else. And the fact that it's not going to be happening at Notre Dame, a place he spent the last four years of his career, really put in a lot of good time and effort, both as a running back and a wide receiver, the fact that he's moving on somewhere else to continue his college career, that's a big blow for Notre Dame. It honestly really is, especially since this is still going to be a young receiving core next year, and you could have had a fifth-year guy, someone who was established as a wide receiver at that point. Now you're losing that. That's kind of tough to cope with. There's no reason to speculate why he decided to make this decision, but it comes a few hours after Marcus Freeman told us all that he hopes his entire coaching staff returns For the 2024 campaign, I think we know there's several guys on the staff that are probably going to get some really good opportunities, and we always see some coaching shakeups. But Marcus Freeman defended Jared Parker today that he feels like he can be the guy, even though in the losses things have to get better. Things did not go well in the three losses. I documented 47 points per game in wins, 19 points per game in losses. I mean, that's the Grand Canyon 
Tyler. That's a massive, <laughs> massive difference. I don't think any of us were surprised this ended up being the decision for Marcus Freeman, but this is one he's got to get right because 2024 is a big season for this coaching staff and this football team. Yeah, you mentioned the Grand Canyon. Since I'm still out in the Bay Area, as you also <laughs> mentioned at the beginning of this, I'll say that's like going from San Jose all the way to the Golden Gate Bridge in terms of what Notre Dame was <laughs> offensively in the wins and then what it was in the losses. So it, I, I wasn't that surprised to hear what Marcus Freeman had to say about Jared Parker because what did I say on Saturday, Darren, when we were doing our Sports Beat pregame show? I said, I, I and you did, you did too, fully expect Jared Parker to still be around just based on what Marcus Freeman had said in the media all year long. He kept defending him at every turn, which is exactly what you said. I agree with that completely. Do I agree with kind of giving Jared Parker a second year? I'm, I'm not sure. We'll have to see. I think it will, there will be grounds for a mid-year termination if things go the same way in some of those big games. And I kind of read between the lines of Marcus Freeman saying that today, honestly. Uh, specifically to a question that I asked him. Uh, and there were some other questions as well. I think Pete Sampson asked a really good question, Pete Sampson of The Athletic, just kind of trying to get to the root of what went wrong in some of those bigger games. And Marcus Freeman says he doesn't know exactly, and I don't fault him for that. It's really hard to kind of find those things within uh, the confines of a season. If, if coaches were able to do that, they'd all be 12-0. and They'd all be winning national championships there. Not everyone is Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. So I think it's going to take some time for Marcus Freeman to figure it out. But he did admit today that he knows Notre Dame can't play offensively the way it played against Clemson and Louisville and, and Ohio State and expect to be a championship caliber program. So that's the next step. If Jared Parker can't get this offense to playing as well as it does against the Wake Forest of the world, against Clemson and Ohio State and those teams, then he's not going to have a job at this time next year. But he's giving him that chance. And we're just going to have to see how it plays out. It's kind of interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking about our opening two topics, Tyree going to the portal, and you have Parker coming back as offensive coordinator. I mean, you could argue was Tyree underutilized this year by Parker. I mean, you got a veteran quarterback. I would imagine he could find the open receiver, but – in an era where if you don't get the ball enough, you can go somewhere else and play right away, you just wonder if lack of consistent getting the football might have something to do with this. I, I, my mind went the same direction, Darren. It's instability at the two most important yeah. positions, and I'm including offensive coordinator in that, and then obviously secondary to that, or really primary to that, however you want to look at it, is quarterback. If a wide receiver feels that those two things aren't on the same page, then why would he sign himself up for another year of that? And obviously Chris Tyree's not going to come out and say that, but like I said earlier, you can read between the lines with a lot of these things, and that might have been uh, part of his thinking. And, you know, you, you laid out the numbers for Chris Tyree. I honestly think with the way that he played, and, and even as recently as the Stanford game, the, the plays that he was making on some of those footballs, if he got that more consistently, I have no, I have every reason to think that Chris Tyree could catch 50 passes and upward and go for upward of a thousand yards and, and three touchdown catches. I mean, we could be talking six, seven, or eight with in it within an offense that has a sound offensive coordinator 
and a quarterback that's getting him the ball consistently. So I think that absolutely factored into his decision-making. He is Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, co-host on Game Day Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. So among the Irish wide receivers, Tyler, who benefits the most with Chris Tyree jumping into the transfer portal? I got to think it's Jaden Greathouse, a guy who came on, came on strong from the very beginning of the season. I mean, go back to that Navy game in Ireland, and I was like, oh, my gosh, is Jaden Greathouse going to be this team's best wide receiver? It didn't end up being the case because he had a hamstring injury, but also because he was splitting reps with Chris Tyree out of the slot, even when he was healthy, and especially when he wasn't healthy, he was sacrificing almost all of those slot reps to Chris Tyree. So we talked about on Saturday how we think Jaden Greathouse has absolutely benefited from playing from the slot. He'll be the first to tell you that he's a slot receiver, uh, that coaches Chancey Stuckey, Jared Parker, even Marcus Freeman will say, yeah, he's a slot guy. That That's where he plays best. So as it stands right now with the construct of this roster, I think he's the number one slot receiver that Notre Dame has. He'll be a sophomore going into next year. You hope he's healthy. He has all the experience. I mean, he caught quite a few touchdown passes. Anytime a freshman catches a touchdown pass, it's a good thing. And he had you know upward of a handful to say, that he can fall back on. I think he's going to be a really good player, especially out of the slot for Notre Dame next year. Let me go a different direction for a second. Within the last hour or so, a very interesting name hopped into the transfer portal as well. And we spend so much time focusing on Notre Dame. I don't expect you know an in-depth answer. I just want to get your initial thought. But Will Howard, quarterback from Kansas State, 6'5", 242. He has announced he's going to the portal. And you look at some of his numbers, his completion percentage has increased all four years. He got up to 61% this year. And I picked out a couple of games that were the most important on the Kansas State schedule against a really good Missouri team on the road, 25 of 39 for 270, three touchdowns and a pick. Oklahoma State on the road, 15 of 34, one touchdown, three interceptions, and an overtime loss in Austin to Texas on November 4th, 26 of 41, four touchdowns and an interception. Do you think that could be a possible fit for Notre Dame? Yeah, absolutely. I think, as Marcus Freeman kind of said today in his press conference, they're going to take a look at everybody. And if you remember last year, I mean, Mark, Sam Hartman – played in a bowl game a few days before Christmas. He didn't enter the transfer portal until December 27th. So at that point, everyone was thinking a Hudson card from Texas or Devin Leary was out there. Brennan Armstrong, his name was out there. So there's going to be a lot of names that float. And every time someone from a power five program enters the transfer portal, you're going to have people connecting him to Notre Dame. So I absolutely think that Will Howard will get the same sort of treatment. And then He's experienced. And what did Marcus Freeman say over and over and over again this year? What he likes the most about Sam Hartman is the experience. You just laid out Will Howard playing against a bunch of really good competition. I mean, Texas is a really good team. They almost beat the Longhorns on the road. In I mean, that game went to overtime this year, and, and Texas is playing in the Big 12 title game in a couple of days. So he's been in the big games. And I think the thing that stands out about those stats that you just mentioned he throws a lot of passes in the big games. I mean, what did you say, 41 pass attempts? I think yeah. there was a 39 in there. Uh, obviously, that's Kansas State's offense and the way that they want to operate. They lost Deuce Vaughn to the NFL, so they kind of went more pass-happy this year. But he's a guy that that coaching staff trusted, and that's a really good coaching staff 
uh, there in Kansas State. They trusted him to throw a lot of passes, so I think Notre Dame's going to look into that pretty heavily. I was thinking about this over the weekend when Will Rogers from Mississippi State went to the portal. You think back to last offseason, we heard the rumors of Sam Hartman. You got very excited knowing what he was able to do at Wake Forest. Now going through a year with a quarterback entering a brand new system, a totally different system, I think we now realize more than ever that there's going to be a learning curve for these quarterbacks. You think about a guy like Rodgers, and I'm not trying to link him to Notre Dame. I'm using him as an example. He can, he comes from that air raid offense, and coming to this style offense, it feels like you bring in that type of guy. There could be those speed bumps like Hartman had this year. Do you worry at all about getting a quarterback from a system that is a ways off from the Notre Dame offense and how that could affect him next year? I never thought that Sam Hartman's struggles were him going from a slow match to a, a normal standard pro-style offense, but you have to think that maybe that mm-hmm. factored into it a little bit. And yeah. I think you, you could ask some scouts and even some coaches and whatnot, and they would anonymously, t- anonymous, anonymously tell you, I'm sorry, that that was probably a thing. I mean, the timing was different. Uh, the, the dropbacks are different. A, a lot of those different things that – he was doing one way for five years, and then you ask him to do it a different way uh, in one year and say, hey, you've got 12 games to try to win them all and try to take us to the college football playoff. The pressure that comes with that is a lot, too. So you'd be asking, like you said, Will Rogers of the Air Raid to come in. And, and by the way, they switched up the offense a little bit this year, obviously, with the passing of Mike Leach and, and kind of a new regime there. And he wasn't quite as adept to doing what he was doing with Mike Leach there so that tells you one thing and then you ask him to do it again I'm not so sure that at at a place like Notre Dame where you take a guy like Sam Hartman and you still didn't get it fully right and maybe the fact that he was coming from a slow mess offense had something to do with that you can't really take a chance two years in a row I want to say so yeah going back to what you said uh, I, I think the backlash from the fans and just what you're trying to do operationally within your own practices and within your own games to have a guy like that try to be your guy for, for 12 games. I'm not sure that's something you want to rely on if you're the fighting Irish. Tyler, how about a quick thought on what you witnessed in person out in Palo Alto, the Audric Estime show? Yeah. I mean, I really think that that's how he goes out. There was no incentive for a running back to play in a bowl game. That's not a national championship. And obviously, going back two years ago, even one that was a New Year's Six Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Kyron Williams, junior year, just like Audrey Estime said, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to prepare for the NFL draft. Oh, by the way, it's worked out quite nicely for him. He scored nine touchdowns in seven games that he's played this year. He looks really good for the Los Angeles Rams. I just think the precedent is there for Audrey Estime to say, hey, that's it. And especially... If you go out on 25 carries for 238 yards and four touchdowns, and you could say, yeah, that's the last college football game I ever played, you could tell people that for the rest of your life. You'll tell your grandchildren that, and they'll be like, holy smokes, how did you get that done? That's kind of what he did. It was fascinating to watch in person. I know everyone was ecstatic around the program, the fans that were there. Notre Dame fans took that place over. And every time he got the edge, got the corner, and you knew that he was going to score a touchdown, people get on their feet. They start saying, holy cow, we're witnessing something really special. That's the kind of night that it was for him. And it really feels like that's the way that he's going to go out and college football. 
All right, final question for you, Tyler, as we wrap things up. What do you expect Notre Dame's bowl destination to be? If you had your guess, where do you think they're headed? ReliaQuest Bowl, Tampa, Florida, New Year's Day, and it's going to be against the LSU Tigers. So you get a New Year's – it's not a New Year's Six Bowl, but it's a New Year's Day Bowl, and it's against the coach that coached this program hmm. for two dozen years. Uh, Marcus Freeman said it best today. He tried to downplay it a little bit, which rightfully so. I like him doing that. But he did at one point say that the storylines would be endless, storylines galore. And that's what you want in bowl season. If you're not playing for a national championship, you might as well have a really intriguing matchup. That's exactly what that would be if the Irish play the LSU Tigers. I was told if Alabama wins, that could push Notre Dame to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Have you heard that? Yeah, I I think that's the way it's working. So all the projections are going to be based on Georgia doing its thing and and winning the SEC championship. Although, kind of in the same situation a couple years ago when Alabama shook things up and uh, won the SEC championship game against Georgia. They both get in the college football playoff. But if you look at who's favored in these games, if Georgia wins, then I think it goes the way that I just said. Very good. What's happening at blueandgold.com this week? Everything. Uh, we actually have a – we call it a silly season sale because it is silly <laughs> with the coaches going everywhere, the players going everywhere. You can get access to blueandgold.com for $1 for an entire month. So everything that we're writing behind the premium paywall, all you've got to do is pay a dollar and you get to see that for an entire month. That'll lead you all the way into the bowl game, obviously, and covers all the, not just the transfer portal stuff, but what the transfer portal stuff means for Notre Dame. If there are some coaching things that come up that are unforeseen, we'll cover them. Recruiting, I mean, signing day falls in that one month window as well. So all of the things that you can get for one month, uh, just for one dollar at blueandgold.com, it's an incredible deal. Really good sign to, good, really good time to sign up there and, and get all that coverage. All right, does Grandpa give you a thumbs up for that interview? Yeah, he actually just did a couple minutes ago. So I think we're good. As long as I can say anonymously next time on the first try, then I'll get an A+. Hey, you did a great job. I appreciate you taking time out from family time to do this. And I'm sure we'll talk to you later in the week on your Blue and Gold YouTube channel show. And again, next week. And who knows what type of news we'll have to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty between now and then. So looking forward to it. Thanks, Darren. All right. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. It is 5.53. Twitter question of the day is next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's weekday sports beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Couple of minutes in front of six o'clock on this Monday evening. Darren Pritchett back with you on WSBT Radio. Our Twitter question of the day from Wednesday, which was our final show of the week. We asked you, what do you expect the outcome of the Notre Dame Stanford game to be? The Irish were favored by 26 points. Your four choices were Notre Dame minus 26 over 51 and a half total points. Notre Dame minus 26 under that number, Stanford plus 26 and over 51 and a half, or Stanford plus 26 and under 51 and a half. Well, Stanford at plus 26 was looking pretty good in the second quarter when the Cardinal had the advantage. But things changed as the game progressed, and Notre Dame ended up 
with a nice, comfortable 33-point victory covering the spread. So the voting went as followed. Fourth place in the voting, 20% said go with Stanford plus 26 and under 51.5 points. Both of those missed. Third in the voting at 22% was Stanford plus 26 and over 51.5. Well, Stanford again was the wrong play. 23% went with Notre Dame minus 26 and under 51.5. We just didn't expect Stanford to score many points. I predicted 40 to 13 Notre Dame, so Stanford scored a whole lot more than I expected. Of course, the turnovers did not help the Notre Dame defense. But the winning vote was the right answer. 36% went with Notre Dame minus 26 and over 51 and a half total points. And of course, the Irish went over that total all by themselves with 56. So good job. The majority, 36%, actually not the majority, but the most votes, 36% went with the correct answer. Yesterday, I posted this particular question. It will run until about noon tomorrow. And this is what I asked you. Compared to 2020, when the Irish went 9-4, and four, the 2023 Notre Dame football team, dot, 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 complete the sentence. Your four choices are, took a small step forward, stayed the same, took a small step back, took a big step back. How would you answer that question? Well, you can take part in our poll question by going to my Twitter X account at 960 Sportsbeat and vote on the best way to complete that sentence. Compared to 2022, the 2023 Notre Dame football team took a small step forward, stayed the same, took a small step back, took a big step back. It's not all about record. It's about what you saw, your perception of the program from last year to this year. We'll tabulate the votes and bring you the results on tomorrow's program, and we will bring you a brand new question tomorrow here on WSBT Radio. We'll take a timeout. We've got a sports update on the way. After that, we've got a couple of things to get to. We'll talk about the Notre Dame victory over Stanford, hand out some game balls, and recap our top stories of the day. Two Notre Dame players to the transfer portal, including wide receiver Chris Tyree and Marcus Freeman saying he wants all of his assistant coaches and coordinators back for 2024. Another hour to go. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash Solid Ground for details. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. This holiday season, give the gift of hope to a hungry neighbor. Learn more at FeedIndiana.org. Midland Engineering Company beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation granting a better future. And by South Bend Orthopedics. 
trusted in the community for 75 years. This is WSBT South Bend. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10, what a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five by rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Well, the news continues to fly in involving Notre Dame football. A couple of days after the regular season finale, a win over Stanford, 56-23. Darren Pritchett back with you on WSBT Radio. All right, the latest piece of information that just rolled out via social media and a member of the Irish offensive line is moving along. And it is? Center Zeke Carell. So Carell has decided to use his final year of eligibility and play somewhere else. He was the Fighting Irish starting center the last couple of years. And this opens up, I think, some really interesting options for the offensive coaching staff. It feels like they, they're okay with what they have right now at the center position. And, of course, Carell has been out of action due to being in the concussion protocol. That opened up an opportunity for Andrew Kristoffic to see some time at center, but also, really, Ashton Craig, who was the third-string center for this football team, got an opportunity to get on the field. Let's see, that first time against Clemson and performed very, very well. Got dinged up against Stanford, came back in. So you've got Kristoffic, you've got Ashton Craig. I think also you have to factor in starting left guard Pat Coogan could be a candidate to move over to the center position. So I think this is a spot in which the Irish lose Carell. They're going to be in good shape. I think they have players that are at the level or could be a step better than what we had. So this... This is one of those you hate to lose a veteran player and you hate to lose someone with experience, but this might be a spot where the Irish are going to be okay at the center position. So Zeke Carell to the transfer portal. We already know that wide receiver Chris Tyree has decided to move on. This is the one that's going to sting a little bit. This is the one that's going to be, I think, a a disappointing transaction not for him, you know, good for him. He's maybe going to have a better opportunity. And with the portal, Notre Dame reaps the rewards in a lot of situations. And this is one where he may go somewhere else and have a really good year next year. And I fully expect him to be really good. You think about it, how far he came in his first year as an Irish wide receiver, leaps and bounds. He ended up being the leading receiving yardage player on the team this year. With 484, 26 catches, averaged 18.6 yards per catch, and had three touchdowns. So Tyree has one year of eligibility remaining. He'll be a graduate student transfer. 
And this is a situation I'm not shocked. Tyree decided to move on. I think if you were Chris Tyree and you were jotting down pluses and minuses, pluses to stay, minuses to try somewhere else, I think there would be a couple of things on the negative side that would pop up. First off, this Notre Dame offense is an offense that uses a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. And if you're not into the numbers of of football, let me lay it out for you because I want you to be a part of this conversation too. You don't have to know all these fancy little numbers that coaches and players talk about to love Notre Dame football. 12 personnel, the one stands for the number of running backs on the field. The second number refers to the number of tight ends. So a lot of 12 personnel with one running back and two tight ends and 13 personnel with a running back and three tight ends. When that happens, those two particular lineups, you take wide receivers off the field. And if 12 and 13 personnel is going to be a big part of this offense going forward, if you're a wide receiver, you probably are going to spend a little more time on the sideline than you wish. And you think about Tyree was on the sideline quite a bit this year, despite he had some really good success as he made the transition from running back to wide receiver. So I look at that as a reason why maybe he would think about going somewhere else. Again, being taken off the field, limited number of catches this year with 26. And it might be a situation where he sees all the young players that are starting to build in his wide receiver position, the slot wide receiver. You think about guys that could be leading candidates in 2024 to get more opportunities with Tyree moving on. First one that comes to mind is Jordan Greathouse. Faison, the walk-on, is someone you can throw there in the slot if you want to. My colleague from InsideIndieSports.com, Eric Hansen, he's with me every Wednesday and Thursday in the 5 o'clock hour here on WSBT Radio. He reached out to me and also said, hey, don't forget about the kid coming in, Logan Saldate. Apparently he has blown up, according to Eric, during his senior season. That was the kid that was originally committed to Oregon State and flipped to the Fighting Irish, and we probably should not forget about him next season as a possibility. So there are some good candidates to fill the void and snaps at the slot wide receiver spot. You feel really good about, but I am disappointed. I just thought Tyree was going to take that big next step next season as a second-year wide receiver with this Notre Dame football program. But again, with the portal, you have an opportunity to play right away next year. Maybe he will find a place that will use his skill set more consistently in 2024. I wish it were here. Marcus Freeman told us a couple of weeks ago that he hoped Chris Tyree would return for a fifth season. But at the end of the day, we found out today on social media with Chris Tyree announcing he is headed to the transfer portal. So those were, at least so far, the two big announcements that have popped up. And and I don't want to discount either. The first one that occurred earlier today as backup defensive lineman Nana Osafa Mensa, he entered the transfer portal, 48 career tackles, had a really good game against Stanford, a couple tackles for losses in what turned out to be his final game in a Notre Dame uniform. And he's got one year left. He's going to go experience something else. But look at his resume. 
had a really nice career as a backup here. And on top of everything else, he leaves Notre Dame with not one degree, but two degrees. Two degrees leaving this great university. Congratulations, Nana. What a wonderful job you did on and off the field. And we'll be rooting you on as you find a new place to play in 2024. So, Osafa Mensa, backup defensive lineman to the portal. Slot wide receiver Chris Tyree to the portal. And starting center Zeke Carell has decided to go to the transfer portal. So right now, two guys on the offensive side of the football that we consider starters has decided to leave this Fighting Irish offense. And I would imagine we've got several more to go. And I'm not sure how many several is, but this is the era we're living in with the ability to find greener pastures and get to play right away. If you're a backup and you feel like you should be playing, hey, guys are going to move on. So whether Notre Dame is 12-0 or 3-9 or anything in between, we're going to see departures, and I think we should anticipate probably a handful of more still to come before we get to the bowl game, which we'll find out probably over the weekend, and maybe it'll be against Brian Kelly and LSU. So, all right, that's what we have so far. Tyree, Corell, Osafa Mensa have headed to the transfer portal. And earlier today, Marcus Freeman met the media. It was a Zoom call today just to take care of some business involving his football team, including the coaching staff. And once we come back from a timeout, we will play back a couple of Marcus's comments, including he wants all of his coaches back, and he explains why Jared Parker will return as offensive coordinator for a second year. That's coming up next as we press on. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Victory Monday and kind of feels like day one of the offseason, 624 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Thanks for spending a part of your Monday evening with me, Budweiser's weekday sports beat. On 960 AM WSBT, we are officially halfway through the 6 o'clock hour. Again, tonight at 7 o'clock, it is the Notre Dame Athletics one-hour show called Wake Up the Echoes. Normally airs Tuesday at 7. Tonight, it airs at 7 o'clock because tomorrow, Micah Shrewsbury's fighting Irish basketball team down in South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks in an ACC-SEC challenge. 7 o'clock tip tomorrow night, 6.30 pregame here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, a busy, busy news day as we've been talking about over the first 90 minutes of the program. It all started at 12.30 today when Marcus Freeman, the head coach of the Fighting Irish football team, held a Zoom call with the Notre Dame media to discuss all things about the program, things we can talk about between now 
and the bowl announcement, which is coming up in just a few days. And our good friend Chuck Freebie from WHME got the first question, and he put together, I think, a well-assembled question asking Marcus Freeman, hey, it's the time of the year in which coaching's changes take place. There's movement in the coaching world. Guys are thinking about moving, getting better opportunities. So what do you expect from your coaching staff? Here's Marcus Freeman on the state of his coaching staff following the end of the regular season. And, of course, we're looking ahead to 2024. If it's up to me, as I just told the coaching staff in our staff meeting, um, I have a, a strong belief in the coaches that we have in this football program and, and would love all of them to be back. There's, there's obviously places that we have to improve on all three phases, and um, the coaches understand that and uh, definitely are up for the challenge. But um, the thing I've learned in this short time as, as head coach is that consistency is so important. Um, you know, I looked at where we were last year defensively at the end of the season to where we are now. Um, yes, the personnel continues to improve, but the the consistency in what we're doing, um, the consistency in our coaching staff, I think truly impacts the performance. And um, that's why we've been able to improve so much on the defense side of the ball. And, and as I look at as our offensive side of the ball, you know, this is the first year for this group to be together. And um, I've seen a lot of bright spots in, in places that we have to improve. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is I told Coach Parker and the staff is that, you know, we have to improve our performance, especially those big games versus good defenses, because um, those are the type of teams that we have to find a way to beat if we want to be a championship program. And so, um, but I believe that that we have the coaches that um, will help continuously move this performance forward and um, enhance what we do so that we do find a way to win those big games. And so, um, I think back to my first year as a coordinator and our, our staff, we, we had a great staff and, and I think we finished it when I was at Cincinnati, 90 something in the country. And thank God coach Fickle didn't make a change, you know, in that he gave me and the staff the ability to work through um, some of the deficiencies that we had and we were able to prove. And so um, that's the same thing I've just reiterated to our coach staff is that I believe the number one thing is the consistency in terms of what we're doing so that our players can continue to um, play at a high level, play fast, and uh, um, you know be able to enhance as we move forward. So a very in-depth answer by Coach Freeman earlier today on, hey, I want to keep everybody on this coaching staff, and he did make a great point. You would love to have consistency in your coaching staff that's very tough to do with coaches getting better opportunities maybe you're just as an example a running back coach and you get offered an offensive coordinator job somewhere of course you're going to take that opportunity if it is the right fit for you so there are going to be guys that are going to get better opportunities but if he has his say he wants everybody back and that includes a guy that every Irish fan I'm sure has talked about at some point whether it's at the bar, the beauty shop, the library, whatever the case may be, you've talked about offensive coordinator Jared Parker and your frustrations with play calling at times, in particular during the losses, lack of in-game adjustments, and the offense just not looking very good at times, maybe not using Audric Estime enough. The list goes on and on. As a media member, we all get your thoughts and feelings and complaints, and those are the ones I heard more often than anything else. So Coach Freeman was asked to offer some thoughts on 
why Jared Parker is the right guy to be his offensive coordinator in 2024. I think, you know, our entire offense staff and Coach Parker have um, done a good job of continuously trying to find ways to improve, right? And, and um, sometimes it takes uh, setbacks to figure out what we need to do to improve moving forward. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed more than anything is if you evaluate the first 12 games is that um, we have to continuously find a way to perform better um, when we're playing better defenses. And they understand that and they embrace that challenge. And, and um, you know, we'll continuously work tirelessly to figure out a way to continue to have a better performance when we um, face really good defenses. And uh, but uh, again, I don't want to put a, a one word or one phrase sentence on um how I feel about the job they've done. I, again, I am, uh, I have a lot of confidence in that offensive staff and, uh, but I understand the expectations of a Notre Dame football program, right? Is that no matter who you're playing, that you, you put a performance that's worthy of winning, um, on the field on Saturdays. And so, um, we will, we'll figure out what we have to do to make sure, um, that our performances continuously improve. Um, we will never be, I will never be okay with being status quo with being, um, average. Um, I, I want to be the best. And, uh, I believe we have a staff that, uh, has the same mentality and we now have to continue to find ways to make sure, um, when we play in these games that we do have an output that is the best. Well, I felt all along saying this on this program, game day sports beat on the blue and gold YouTube show with Tyler Horka. I felt like this was going to be the end result that Marcus Freeman would stick with Jared Parker. So I'm not surprised with what we found out today. Marcus is right. There are things that must get better, in particular when you look at the losses that Notre Dame suffered. And when you go from 47 points per game in wins to 19 and a half in losses, that's just not a hiccup. I mean, that's what... <laughs> drinking a whole liter of pop and belching for five minutes. That's thats what it kind of feels like, the difference. So a lot has to get better in order to beat the best competition. And what do you know? Mike Elko introduced as Texas A&M head coach today. And, of course, Mike Elko was the head coach at Duke earlier this year when Notre Dame went down to Durham. And talking to Connor O'Neill, who covers Duke and Wake Forest, he DM'd me yesterday. We had a quick conversation. Elko did not call the defense for Duke, but he is heavily involved in the planning of the defense. So even though he didn't call the defense during the game, it was kind of Parker against Elko, and you're going to get something similar in the first game of 2024 when Notre Dame hits the road to take on Texas A&M. Who's going to be the quarterback for the Fighting Irish? Interesting news right before my program got started. Kansas State quarterback Will Howard has officially entered the transfer portal. This is a 6'5", 242-pound senior quarterback out of Downington, Pennsylvania. Coming off his best season in completion percentage in his four years playing at Kansas State, he's gone from 536 to 61.3 this year, 2,643 yards, 24 touchdowns with 10 interceptions. He is a guy that 
at times will run the football. 80 carries this year for 364 yards and nine touchdowns. You think about fourth and short, third and short, 6'5", 242. You put two tight ends behind him. You give him the old push on the backside, he might pick up five or six yards. I don't know if Notre Dame is interested, but it seems like a good fit as we think about quarterbacks that might be a good fit here at Notre Dame. Will Howard's the number one quarterback in the portal as of right now. And out of all the names I've heard, this guy was intriguing. And now we know that he will be available. So who knows? Will Howard, Notre Dame, maybe there's something there. We will find out in the coming days. The portal opens on December 4th. 640 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Are you a business owner worried about the safety of your sensitive data? Look no further than Midwest Data Depot, your local off-site backup storage solution. Contact us today. Visit MidwestDataDepot.com.